Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas by using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I am joined by my co-hosts, Alex. Hey. And Dan. Hi. And today we're joined by a special guest, Ramona. Hi. Today we'll be discussing the movie Coco and why it's so important for representation in film and other medias. So, spoiler alert, please sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So let's dive into it. Uh, Pixar's latest movie, Coco. What did we think about it? Coco. Yes. <laughs> that is... My thoughts exactly. <laughs> you na- we're, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cuckoo for Coco. I agree. I uh, <laughs> uh, I gave it an A+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. Visually, the story, but everything was super, super on point. I think it made it to my at least top ten favorite Disney movies. Wow. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd agree. I yeah. think it was a favorite. Yeah. Um, I'd also give it some form of A. A+. Plus. Um, very predictable but in a very fun way does that make sense i i know 100 agree with the predictability of it but oh boy is the actually the presentation and delivery of it and the heart behind it is what gives it that somewhere in the a rating for me as well (laughs) yeah i always knew i had awareness of like day of the dead and its culture but i never knew the like, the goal is to remember your family so that they can visit you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, that was... I, I learned a lot of, like, new things about Mexican culture mm-hmm. through this movie. Um, when I first heard it was coming out, I thought they were just going to use the Day of the Dead as, like, an aesthetic type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm really... I was really pleasantly surprised that they kind of went a lot deeper in it. And you could really definitely, like, respected the culture a lot when doing it. So I was really, really happy about that. Yeah, and I I liked the because when you put uh, Mexican culture in movies, most of the time you either do Day of the Dead or Luchadors or yeah, or that. <laughs> um, Which is why I was a little worried. It's like, oh great, another film where Mexican culture is being represented solely just by the Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was it. You you got like the cultural the cultural importance of the Day of the Dead as well as like you know music and family and i i don't speak spanish fluently but i could appreciate that they would like just kind of switch back and forth between spanish and without subtitles yeah without subtitles um there was just something about it i was like that's really cool and like i'm i'm a big fan Mm -hmm. especially like just jumping in and out of it so smoothly in such a way they're not like putting invisible parentheses behind mm-hmm. their Spanish or mm-hmm. whatever. They're just seems like going in and out talking, which I'm not sure if that's something you've experienced personally, Alex, or I don't know. Um, usually the generational gap is large enough in my family where either you speak Spanish or you speak English, and then you only speak Spanish to the people who can't speak English. <laughs> so it wouldn't go in and out the okay. way they did in the movie. In my family, it's a lot of Spanglish, where we like speak mostly in English, but like with a couple dashes of uh, Spanish words in there. Yeah. Again, unless like we're talking to like my grandmother, or something who like speak just mm-hmm. straight Spanish. Like I'd never be afraid of my mom hitting me with a flip flop. But I would be afraid of my mom hitting me with a chancleta. Yes, <laughs> I love I love the chancleta reference. 
did they did they reference or did she just hit him with the sandal they never did she specifically say she didn't say it but i think she just like threw it at the guy and like slapped him with it i get my sandal i remember remember that part i was like yeah part of me part of me was like why are they shoemakers is it because the only word that people remember from the middle school spanish class is zapateria biblioteca is oh sorry they could have been librarians for the biblioteca I would have loved if they were just a family of librarians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would make Shh, sense. There's no music. Yeah, exactly. That would have made so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the predictability, there were plenty of times um, I watched this movie with Lily and we would just be whispering to each other, this is what I think is going to happen next. Yeah, we were doing and the same thing. And we were thing. never mm-hmm. upset. Mm-hmm. when it did happen yeah. yeah because we were like that was what was supposed to happen mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like there'd be parts where we like we'd very excitedly like whisper to each other like oh he's gonna do this he's gonna do this and then we would do that and it's and sort of like, like a getting yes. swept like, up in an excitement of the moment yeah. kind of thing not a like mm-hmm. oh boy here's the part mm-hmm. where you yeah. find out it's his dad the whole time yeah <laughs> but um Another thing, this movie, for me at least, was a huge tearjerker. I've been finding lately, I've been crying a lot more at movies, just in general, but I feel like this one, I don't know, hit me, like, real hard at a lot of spots. It's the music for me. The music always gets me in tears. Yeah, I I similarly... No, that was it. Like, I I similarly think I've been a bit of a softie at the Mm -hmm. movies lately, but the mixture of the very heartfelt song being sung to his grandmother who had Alzheimer's... (sighs) Or, like, some sort of <laughs> mental problem where she couldn't remember. I was, like, actually crying in the movie theater. Yeah, but, like, streaming down my face yeah. tears. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I was very content with that. Like, it literally all built to that moment. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the stakes in that movie were established in a very good way of slowly building and realizing, like, there are real consequences. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, the fact that they're all dead. I'm like, well, what's the worst consequence? There's another form of yeah. death <laughs> yeah. where you're forgotten. That's literally mm-hmm. so many people's fears. Yeah. Like, yeah. if I die, will I be forgotten? And it makes so much sense for it to be an aspect of that. And, and I was, it I was even like, ties back and reinforces, like, the culture of, like, having a piece of mm-hmm. your departed family with you. So it's there. And, ah. And there was a lot of good, like, setting stuff up in the beginning that will then come back into play in the plot later. Mm-hmm. Not, and it wasn't, like, in your face. Like, the scene where, um, yeah, where Miguel is stuck that he knocked over, like, at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. like, halfway through. And you're like, oh, no, like, he has to get back and put that on. Or else, like, everybody's, like, Mm -hmm. screwed, basically. Yeah, Yeah, for that year, at least. Yeah. But... Well, he had the picture in the spirit world, so he might not have been able to... (laughs) Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm sure they could put up another picture. I don't know the logistics of... (laughs) Well, that's the thing. How old were they? Like, did they have a bunch of pictures? Did they take one picture? Um, I liked the aspect of music being forbidden and obviously the driving force of mm-hmm. the i guess quote-unquote family betrayal which leads to the consequence after consequence like what caused the consequence turned out to be the solution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they they killed a guy in this movie yeah yeah 
with a bell. And with poison. Twice. And with yeah. poison. And with being forgotten. They there was a there were there a lot of deaths. There was a high yeah. there was a body count in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Disney. Really? Yeah, they were I, re- I remember gasping when the bell fell. Yeah, right. <laughs> the first time we were like, oh Jesus Christ. And he was it was so just so humorous as the <laughs> janitor's there being yeah, encapsulated like, oh by the by the music and he leans on the lover. <laughs> But it sets up for the other bell crash, and then you're like, aha, it's funny, because that's how he died the first time. Yeah. I also gasp at, like, just, like, the blatant, like, cold-blooded murder of just, like, poisoning yeah. his friends so he could get his song. Yeah. I was like, oh, gee. Like, during <laughs> the flashback when, uh... Like, the same like, day and age is like, let me just peek on your laptop and steal the files. You need to get the sheet music. Now I must yeah. poison him. <laughs> like, when he's like, no, I'm gonna go home, you see in his face, like, no... I'll poison him. <laughs> <laughs> Always have these yeah. prepped drinks just in case. Um, and then he made a movie about it. I was yeah. gonna, was the trigger of <laughs> him realizing that it was poison was remembering that he was in a movie where there was poison. I I took it as he took that act to inspire a part in his next movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But that's... instead, the villain is the one poisoning the drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I took from that. And so... That's in the up. sense that, like, yeah. nothing he does is original. It always has to be, like, taken or, like, from somewhere else. It's like, oh, I'll steal what I did for this movie. <laughs> that and, and, like, trying that's... to just make himself look like the good guy. So in the yeah. movie, like, he switched it. Mm-hmm. So maybe he convinced himself that he was the good guy. Yeah. You did it for a reason. Yeah. Speaking of the funny. movies, I like how they kind of touched on, I don't want to say like celebrity culture, um, but I like that he was like Elvis. Yeah. And that like he was a famous musician and then they put him on all these movies mm-hmm. like that it seems he wrote and like mm-hmm. he was just like this larger than life star. But yeah, and they both died in very comical ways. Elvis died in a comic On the throne. He died on his throne. He was he had a heart attack while he was on the toilet. That, that, that was the less funny part. Too soon. Too it was soon. more of the... Uh, Excuse me. The what location. part of that is funny, Joe? Can you really... I'm sorry. I'm it? sorry. Spoiler alert. Elvis died while on his toilet. I think the funny part is that you guys think Elvis is dead. I think you think the funny part <laughs> thing is I think that's the funny. funny. You're right. You keep thrown around funny. And I don't, <laughs> I don't think you guys know what funny is. Yeah, Elvis is in... Vegas with Tupac and Bowie. So he's but yeah, I do like the fact that he was like this cultural icon that everyone mm-hmm. could uh, come to a consensus and agree upon was this mm-hmm. great thing, which is why it reinforced even more the fact that his family like forbade music. It's like, what? You even forbid this thing that's like obviously such a cultural phenomenon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be like if... And it almost points out the dangers of that as well. It's like, uh, yeah, we uh, raised this guy as an idol when he wasn't such a great guy after all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I did like his the comeuppance at the end where it's rev- like they get proof that he didn't make the songs mm-hmm. and so then presumably he'll be forgotten eventually mm-hmm. but the true songwriter Miguel's grandpa won't be forgotten. Mm-hmm. And now he has fans so he'll never be forgotten. Yeah. But yeah, I mean we can delve into representation and culture now like yeah really getting mm-hmm. into this is one of the firsts of disney like i've seen lilo and stitch mm-hmm. hawaiian um yeah. and then they hawaiian kind of, they doubled down on great that song. in uh, great moana song. yeah yeah which was a good a great step 
Moana is also up there for me at least. Love Moana. Um, but yeah, they've really been starting to like move out of Let's European just use... inspired folklore, and they're really going into different cultures, which I think mm. is. And very important there's yeah. a bigger focus on just like pure culture not just like using it like, as a set piece yeah i feel like yeah they fall in prey to like oh here we're in china now or whatever but yeah it's or like let's fun. just have like a black princess to make her to make the people happy um, i'm a huge defender of not defender that's the wrong word but i definitely think that there needs to be a hispanic disney princess as a hispanic you, woman now, now there's coco Coco's the peace. princess in that. She was a princess. She was a queen. She was a queen to me. But queen. I'm sorry. This is indicative that I am cutting you off from <laughs> a serious point. So please but, continue. But yeah, I really think they should have um, Hispanic Disney princess and a real one, not Elena on the Disney Junior show. That's not valid at Disney. But yeah. um, there, there's a there's a Di- a Disney Junior princess uh, named Sophia the first. And Alana. And, and Alana of some, I don't know if she's Big from country. Yeah. yeah, but I believe... Because there aren't enough like Latino yeah. countries to pick mm-hmm. from. And like, I, I believe Sofia is like from Spain. So she's Spanish, but she it's not like Hispanic or Latino mm-hmm. culture. She just speaks Spanish. Yeah. So like, I agree with you. We need like a Latina princess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's like, it's not just... Oh, but what do you want? They're bilingual. Like, no, it's, it's more than that. Like, we want to see their culture and like. And I think this was definitely like a huge, huge step. And I'm not Mexican, but um, there was a lot of just like core, like Hispanic values and pieces of culture in there that I really, really appreciated seeing. <laughs> and like, it made me really hopeful for like kids that could watch it because like I even got a lot out of it watching it like as an adult. And being like, wow, like this is the first time I'm seeing like something close to my own culture in a movie. Yeah. Without being like gimmicky or just yeah. used as like an exotic plot line. I read um, a collection of one man shows by John Leguizamo, and in between each play he has like little bits of things that he realized growing up. And he mentioned this aspect of the only time I saw people like me on the TV was if they were drug dealers or if they were janitors. Mm -hmm. And that's all I thought I could be if I wanted to be an actor or something. I'm paraphrasing. But this discovery of the impact of seeing people like you in media Mm -hmm. and saying, wow, I can be more than this. Mm -hmm. And the way I get presented can be in other formats. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys saw... um... At the credits, we saw, like, all the, like, voice actors. And just about oh, yeah. all of them were all, like, Hispanic last names. Which is something mm-hmm. I really, really like to see. Like, I sat there and be like, wow. Like, that's really, really awesome. Yeah, because even thinking back to, like, Aladdin, which was, like, kind of their first, like, hey, like, let's make it about not white people. Mm-hmm. The voice actors were all white. <laughs> um, and not... Uh, Arabic. So, I like you said, I think it's a good step in the right direction to just say, okay, let's make it about this culture, and let's also get people from this culture mm-hmm. to act in it, and also yeah. work on it. Mm-hmm. Especially when you accurately 
present the culture, which they did there, that's when we can start marrying it to the uh, the voice actors as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you get that great blend. I'm like, I was a little more forgiving of Aladdin, because obviously I don't think they're trying too hard to portray Arabic culture. Yeah. It was a the... fake country, so <laughs> it's like, they, yeah. it was in name and, like, look alone. Yeah, it was... It was um, how you said earlier you were afraid they were going to use Day of the Dead just as like an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Aladdin kind of just used Arabic folklore and culture as its aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And yes, it adopted from that um, Ar- uh, Arabian Nights yeah. storybook. But. Aesthetic! <laughs> yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was aesthetically yeah. Arabic, but not I in practice. Gilbert mm-hmm. Godfrey and. Uh... <laughs> He's not Arab. He's not. <laughs> Robin Williams? No. <laughs> not Arab. No. Um, yeah. It's not like Aloha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ohana. Yeah, you're getting it. Ohana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I just forgot her name. Moana. No. Lilo. No, the movie Aloha. Did you? Have you not seen the movie Aloha? Mm, no. Um. Is that with George Clooney? No, that's, no, that's Descendants. Descendants. The movie I was thinking of was Aloha, which was based in Hawaii, and all of the characters were white, mm. and Emma Stone played a native Hawaiian. Oh, oh yeah. see, I thought that was in Descendants, Mm-mm. alongside George Clooney, mm-hmm. who also was a native Hawaiian, huh. but is George well, Clooney. Don't worry, it happens mm-hmm. enough. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's so... so you're saying we have two examples of just <laughs> Hawaiian culture alone? Yeah, it's it's so frustrating because it's like, how hard can it be to just find people yeah. from that culture? More For like you... how hard can it be to find people this culture that can sell tickets at a film yeah. for yeah. a movie theater. Yeah. That's so like yeah. Matt Damon in The Great Wall. Yeah. Which that's did a whole well different everywhere China. else. Yeah. But except here. <laughs> well in interesting China. thing, they that um film was made for for China. Well yeah, and that's the thing. Like in China they would have rather seen surveys and stuff said they would have rather seen a Matt Damon rather than a Chinese character. Which I thought was interesting. It's just a yeah. weird it's yeah. actually just a weird trend that's been picking up in China in the sense of more because the middle class is erupting more over there and uh, they're shifting more to a demographic. There's a... Maybe they're just flipped. Like how we're like, I'm sick of all these white actors. They're like, man, I'm sick of all these (laughs) native Chinese actors. Get Matt Damon in there. I'm sure I could find a mountain of articles about it, but there's even like some of the newer James Bond. There's like a scene that takes place in Shanghai. They've been like subtly trying to uh, market more films towards uh, China these days. Yeah, that's that's been a large trend. Like a lot of action movies from the last couple of years will have a scene in China, like Transformers, uh, the Bond films. To make it more marketable. That's why the, the Fast and the Furious franchise is, like, continues to be so successful. Tokyo Real quick, Drift. That's good. <laughs> no, um, what a film. Fast and Furious series, definitely one of my guilty pleasures. But one of the aspects of it is that the main characters that are now, like, seven, eight, nine main characters are all diverse. Mm-hmm. And it's not forced diversity it's just uh, these happen to be the main characters and they grew over time in each series and no one batted an eye to say like we need more of this and more of that it's just such a natural transition that so many cultures are willing to just watch it because it's a proper representation 
Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy yeah. concept. I th- I think that's um kind of been a uh, an issue that uh, media's have been trying to address. Like um, Master of None on Netflix, Aziz Ansari's show. There is um, an episode where he's trying to get on a show, but they say they can only have one Indian actor, even though they want to hire two. And Aziz is like, well, why can't they just hire two? And the uh, like TV executive is like, well, if we get two Indian actors, people will think it's an Indian show. And we need white people who are the majority to watch it. So if we if people who aren't Indian feel like it's an Indian show, they're not going to watch it. But apparently people enjoy shows that are not about their own culture. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Coco and Moana, even though I am not of those two cultures. Wait a second. <laughs> I didn't see a single white person in Coco. I don't like Coco anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, the skeletons oh, were white. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, wait, the skeletons. <laughs> okay. I like the 20, yeah, like Coco, okay. the 20 minute Frozen introduction. There were plenty of white people there to sort of... Oh, yeah. I, yeah, they, they didn't... Luckily, uh, by the time we saw it, there was enough backlash that they had taken it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. thank God. Because yeah. I was like, because we, we were going, like, we get there like, like 20 minutes late because yeah. I do not want to see that. I was frozen. like, this fucking frozen. Excuse my language. This frozen movie better not be. <laughs> and it wasn't, so that's cool. Thank God. <laughs> I think this movie was also like really well timed with a lot mm-hmm. of things that are going on right now. Are you avoiding saying Trump? Because you can say Trump. <laughs> yeah, Trump. <laughs> um, and that's why I really like the whole family base. Like, at the core of it, it was really talking about family values and mm-hmm. um, respecting your ancestors, knowing where you come from. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, the latest whole Trump scandal calling, like, a bunch of Hispanic and African cultures, like, or countries, shithole countries. It's really frustrating because I'm like, well, in these quote-unquote, shithole countries, they have way more of a sense of community and family involvement than really that more Western cultures have. Mm-hmm. Where it's like they'll, you'll, as long as like if something's happening on the other side of the country, you're very disconnected from it. You don't feel like you need to like reach out and help those people. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting because um, along with the point you brought up, but unfortunately I doubt they're changing a lot of racists' minds. <laughs> But in the same sense that someone from that culture needs to see their culture represented in film and TV, mm-hmm. it's also important for people not from that culture who have never been exposed to it to see that side. So someone who might be racist against exactly. Mexicans or Hispanics are like, oh, well, they have the same values as I do. Like mm-hmm. family is important. Right. Yeah. Things like exactly. that. It's not going to change hearts overnight, but it's going to set that precedent yeah. for... And the, the next generation. Yeah, and there's also mm-hmm. this sense of, like, you tell someone long enough that they are something, it's gonna... then they're going to start believing it. So mm-hmm. whether or not I'll logically know that racists are wrong, I can still feel sometimes, like, guilt and shame when I hear about, like, what people's opinions of my people are. Because there's some aspect inside of me is, is ingrained of, well, are they partially right? Mm-hmm. And so, like seeing that representation on the flip side is an opportunity for people of that culture to rise above racism and not let them be put down by it. Mm -hmm. A realization of, no, they're wrong, rather than something different. Mm -hmm. And especially for kids. 
Like, I feel like the movie, like, had a really, like, powerful, like, um, image and message for adults, but I think it's just so important for kids to see representation of their own culture, mm-hmm. especially now, because it's totally different. Because um, now, like, we we grew up in, a, like, a much different time where, yeah, like, there were still racists around. People were a lot less, I think, blatant about it. Mm-hmm. So now it makes me really worried about, like, what kids now, like, face in school, what other kids not from those cultures are hearing from their possibly like Reese's parents and these other kids of different cultures are hearing it and like really internalizing that it's like watching a movie and seeing like oh like that person looks like me or like oh like this family is like how my family works like that that's like extremely important for young kids because everything they learn now is from media is from movies is from online so yeah and neither you (laughs) i was literally just looking at ihop the other day and i saw the parents pop down the uh the old amazon fire tablet and the kids watching the show it's very much like what they're growing up with Mm -hmm. ingrained and it either either you get scared of that and you say let's either like complain that that's the case try to stop it or find a way to embrace it and use it for Mm -hmm. good yeah Mm -hmm. and Using it for good, I think, is our way to go. If yeah. We're not stopping Amazon. <laughs> Why would you want to? Why would I want to parent my children like Amazon? <laughs> Amazon is the best Alexa, parent, parent my kid. <laughs> Calling child services. <laughs> Man, that was an annoying animal companion sidekick. In my opinion, I, I hated Dante. You like Dante? I, I, I hated Dante. I, we were both afraid because <laughs> yeah. you have you guys seen Moana? Yeah. So yeah. the chicken and hey, the pig, hey. yeah, were in all of the previews. Were in all yeah. of the previews. Uh-huh. I thought the pig was going to be in most of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was in like what the first like two minutes, maybe the last two she minutes. She left the island without the pig, and yeah. I was like, yeah. "Are you kidding me?" And I was, I was so really, mad. and I was like, "They better not do this with this dog," because yeah. I was really looking forward to seeing this dog. I'm very partial towards dogs, no matter oh, yeah. how annoying mm-hmm. dogs can be. And I wrong. totally could see where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. I'll never see it. Ne- exactly. I could see where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, in my eyes, it's like, oh, he's trying his best. He's just, he just wants to help. <laughs> that unconditional love. Yeah. <laughs> what we were, uh, we had a discussion the other day about cats and dogs, where like a cat could do something, and it'd be like, oh, you annoying cat, get out of my face. But if a dog did the same thing, I'd be like, "Oh my god!" Oh well, yeah, so I was pulling. I was well. I was pulling out of um my job like a couple weeks ago, and um this cat was like right behind me, just like wouldn't move. I almost hit it. So in my reaction was automatically like, "Oh my god, you stupid cat! Like get out of here! I almost hit you." But if that was a dog, I probably would have started like crying. Oh, when so I was like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> So what we're saying is we're we're glad that dogs are finally getting the (laughs) representation. representation. Um, And that was like another little culture thing too. Yeah, that that dog is like like we really found in Mexico. It's like a special like kind of South American, Latin American. Yeah, and like in that culture, they're um, the spirit animals are called um, alebrijes. I think that sounds right. Oh yeah, yeah. That and um. I'm gonna. I, you could have said anything. You're like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> then that like breed of dog was thought to They're be like a spirit animal. That, like, that sounds right. So I thought like that was a cute little culture thing they threw in there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the reveal of like, oh, this dog culturally is believed to help guide the dead, mm-hmm. and this dog in or particular. Or maybe also... he's just stupid. <laughs> 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 
Oh, that jogged my memory. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about the music a little bit more mm. because, um, like we said about how like they switched very fluently between English and Spanish, the songs did the same. And then mm-hmm. one of the songs is entirely in Spanish, and it just it's it, it was just very good. It works. Yeah, it definitely worked. And like it didn't seem forced. That was the thing too. Like the movie at no point I was expecting like some points to seem gimmicky and seem seem forced, mm-hmm. but like I didn't feel that at all during it. Yeah, yeah. I was never like, oh, good job, Disney. I was mm-hmm. just like, good job, Disney. Like, yeah, nice. <laughs> Yeah, I think I would say maybe the only thing I felt was maybe forced or gimmicky was what what's the name of that uh the um, famous painter with the unibrow? Frida. Frida. Oh, Frida. Oh, Frida I, I did. <laughs> yeah, she was little... she was in it more than I anticipated. Yeah, yeah in the sense that I was like, yeah, yeah, we get it. She's part of. The... <laughs> I did She's like the only famous person. Yeah, from yeah. I liked Miguel's great grandfather dressing up as Frida Kahlo. Yeah. That oh, yes, that part. Yeah. Trying yeah. to cross. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be the one joke. But then, yeah. like, she kept being... Reoccurring. And I was like, oh, well, this is still funny. But if it was just that one, like, yes, I am Frida. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's hysterical. Or yeah. just, like, that tiny little intro of her, like, interpretation of high art. It's like, first they pop out of the, yeah. Oh, yeah. the avocado, and it's on fire. And it's me. And it's me. <laughs> it's also me. <laughs> um, I do like that aspect of pointing out how, like, not narcissistic, but, like, how all of her paintings were of herself. Yeah. And that was really fun for me. <laughs> okay. uh, taking a step back to just a critique of the movie, how funny it was to see this, like, I guess, like, hooligan skeleton trying to cross the border and it's, like, getting in trouble and we all laugh at him. Oh. And then at the end of the movie, we realized that he was trying to see his daughter for the last time because he expected to die. And it yeah. became such uh-huh. a real moment of, I laughed at you. At the beginning of this yeah. movie, yeah. and now I'm crying for you. Yeah. At the end of this movie, but no, just the whole movie's like presentation of like due process and everything. There's all these like waiting mm-hmm. rooms full of family mm-hmm. and such or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. Oh, we pointed this out afterwards. It while they're in like the waiting room, there's a family. Like there's tiny baby skeletons. Yeah. yeah. Like what a grim thing to yeah, think at about. First I was like like oh, at first you're like, what a fun <laughs> like visual detail. And then you're like, wow, that family probably died like in a car crash yeah. together. Or yeah, because they're thinking... dead children. Yeah, like that's very jarring. <laughs> yeah. Um, only the funniest of content here on Devolved <laughs> and Friend. Um, it's it's sort of similar of like, oh, it's funny. Like he. No one remembers him, so he can't go home. But mm-hmm. then you're like, no one remembers him, and that means he's gonna die again and be gone forever. Mm-hmm. And he just know. wanted to see his daughter and explain. Because it's that, so like, weird because it establishes <laughs> those familiar. It's like, oh yeah, this is looks looks exactly like the DMV. It's like this is just the process everyone has to go through. Like that almost like biased my mind towards like, oh, he's clearly in the wrong because he he didn't do the right paperwork. It's like, no, yeah. he just wants to see his. <laughs> yeah. uh, it turned me around. Yeah. It's the sign of a good film. So you're not racist anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I cured my racism. Would you say it did it overnight? <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say yeah. so. Um, I didn't even think of that whole yeah. um, that immigration happen. allegory. Like, yeah. that's great. Disney. Disney. <laughs> now that's how you make a racial yeah. allegory. Um, 
I wonder what Donald Trump thought of the movie. I, I hated Coco. <laughs> Co- I was Co- I was getting ready for a tweet. Coco was the worst. Coco was. Th- there was no Swiss miss in it at all. <laughs> no ex- taco salad. Ex- unrelatable, <laughs> completely ex- unrelatable. Yeah. <laughs> Shithole movie. <laughs> Half of our audience is gone. Now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we didn't want we're like we're like Eminem up in here. If you're a fan of him. You're no fans of us. Oh. Oh. Um. Well, yeah. Any final thoughts on just Coco or representation media, appropriation, whitewashing, anything like that? Um, I think this is a great step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, since you bring up appropriation, I do think these recent influx of movies is going to have to kind of spark another conversation of what is appropriation and what's appreciation. Like there was there was some discussions about people dressing up their kids on Halloween as characters from Moana and being like, oh, you're appropriating Hawaiian culture um, and like uh, and Polynesian culture. Oh, yeah, just uh, ex- yeah, excuse me. <laughs> uh, Polynesian culture by dressing her up or giving your kid like the Maui tattoos. Um, and what what crosses the line? Like, mm-hmm. can a kid not appreciate and dress up as a character if they're not of that culture like what like we i think we're gonna have to have that yeah decision not decision but discussion discussion (laughs) someone needs to decide (laughs) now can we just get a representative (laughs) yeah um and and the biggest aspect of appropriation versus appreciation is that sense of respect Mm -hmm. yes and that will define your motive of dressing up like i'm sure no one bats an eye when people dress as frozen characters and no one think that that's appropriating what culture is that i'd say like scandinavian they're from nor it was supposed to be like norwegian norwegian okay so see we don't even know (laughs) we don't even specify (laughs) So we don't, yeah, we don't Swedish, think of that as, yeah. as Man, Norwegian don't you know about the ice swimming, or mm-hmm. ice, there's actually <laughs> snow, they do snow swimming there, where they all just get in their swim trunks or whatever and just actually swim in the snow. <laughs> that sounds oh horrible. God, that sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they it's can funny. keep that one. <laughs> I'll appreciate it from afar. <laughs> but um, I feel like Disney, because Disney has, a, it's been around for so long, um, where it's gone through so many different waves of cultural change, and it's yeah. I think changed with it. I always feel like Disney movies were like a very good like reflection of what the times were at that time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like now they're kind of doing a lot of like these remakes, almost to kind of redeem themselves. Like how The Lion King, it's an all black cast, which I, which I think is amazing. Um, same with the Mulan movie, same with the Aladdin yeah. movie, um, that are all like live action remakes that are coming out soon. I think they're kind of making it to like redeem themselves and be like, Really? Oh, no, I think they're, they're making, making it for easy stuff. money. <laughs> but no, I totally <laughs> Honestly like that I've... that comes around too where it's like, is it a gimmick? But at the same time, if the end result is more representation, yeah. I don't I am mind. I am glad that yeah. sort of the silver lining behind it is them exactly. fixing their mistakes that they uh didn't consider in in the first go around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And it and it takes like Disney is a strong enough influence in the world where their opinion or representation does matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't just tell 
someone like, oh, there isn't a Latina Disney princess, like, just get over it. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we can live the rest of our lives without a Latina Disney princess, but why? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. why have to? Mm-hmm. If Disney can ma- easily make that choice. Yeah. Yeah. It might not mean, like, a lot to some people, but for others, it's a huge deal. And if it's not a big deal to you, why are you deciding at all then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would you resist it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, re- I remember um, when the they announced um, that there would be an openly gay character in the Beauty and the Beast remake, which turns out was not that spectacular. But, like, there were people that was like, why are they adding this? Like, just, like, keep it the same as it was in the cartoon. You're ruining the old way. And it's like, wouldn't making a live-action version of this cartoon already be, quote-unquote, ruining your nostalgia? Why does it matter if there's a gay character in it or not? Like, can't they just have that? Can't we just have Mm -hmm. that? It doesn't have to be a big deal to you, but it Mm -hmm. might be a big deal to somebody, and you should just let them have it. Mm -hmm. And the whole, like, keep it like the original. It's like, yeah, try putting an openly gay cartoon character in the 80s in a Disney movie. We'll (laughs) see how, like, well that would have turned out. So yeah, I that that is a, that, <laughs> yeah. so what I'm saying. No, that that's a good point. Like there are there are people that are like, oh, like what's the big deal? It's like, well, then if it's not a big deal, then why are you mm-hmm. saying that we can't have it? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Coco's a good movie. Go watch it. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Educate yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. appreciate. Um, Become a non-racist by watching this movie overnight. I was a racist before I watched (laughs) it. And now I'm not. (laughs) The cure for racism. (laughs) That'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about why we as a society need movies like Happy Death Day. If you liked us, Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. Thank you again. And if you were driving, we hope you got there safely and on time.